Welcome back to the Mowing in the Light podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Guys, we're not going to start this episode with any music because this is a new podcast and I haven't figured out the music for it yet. So uh, there will be an intro coming, but right now I don't have anything. So we're just going to jump right into the episode here. Thank you so much for jumping over here from the Mowing in the Dark podcast. Um, These are both lawn care oriented podcasts. However, the Mowing in the Light podcast is strictly faith-based content where we are basically just going to go through the Word of God. Uh, So if that is something that you are interested in, you're in the lawn care community, or even if you're not, even if you're just, you've happened to fall onto this podcast and you're wondering what it's all about, well, I kind of already told you, we're just going to dive into the Word of God here. We have been going through the book of Romans, and we are jumping into Romans chapter 10 today. So if you would, if you're at home, if you're not out driving or working or at, you know, whatever, uh, grab your Bible, grab your phone, whatever you read your Bible on, and get to Romans chapter 10. I will be reading out of the NASB. And uh, it's just a good, solid translation. So I I want you guys to be prepared for that. Uh, You can follow along that way. Or if you have a different translation, that's great too, because then you get the contrast of what the two versions of the Bible are saying. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. So how I do this here, we read the entire chapter of Romans chapter 10, That's what we're going to do. And then we go back to the top and we go verse by verse through the the whole chapter. Now, if that sounds boring to you, stay tuned because it's, it turns out it's not really that boring. (laughs) Actually, sometimes it gets pretty exciting and uh, you can gain a lot of value from the word of God. If you go through it verse by verse with a fine tooth comb and you really bring out the truth that is in there. So sometimes they're not super exciting chapters of the Bible. Sometimes they're kind of boring and sometimes it's kind of hard to make them apply to our life. But what I am trying to do with the goal of this podcast is get the word of God into people's hearts and minds because so many people out there today claim to be Christians. They claim to know the truth, but yet they never crack their Bible open. And so this is just one other way that I thought, you know what, let's get the word of God into people's ears and let's try to help people understand a little bit better. I'm not a Bible scholar. I haven't been to Bible school. I, I just like the word of God. I like reading it. I like studying it. And so I'm not the smartest guy in the room here, okay? Some of you watching or listening might be way smarter than I am. And if I say anything that is contradictory to the word of God or is wrong, I want you guys as the audience to let me know, all right? You can email me at lansinglawnservice at gmail.com. You can 
uh, send me a Facebook message uh, at Aaron Sutter on Facebook, or you can send me an Instagram message at Lansing Lawn Service on Instagram. I want to hear from you if I say something wrong, or if you just appreciate the podcast. I want to hear that too. So without too much further ado, uh, let's jump into God's word today. All right. Romans chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is, the word of faith, which is which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart of a person... For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in the riches of all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they do not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. But I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, All the day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. 
All right, and that ends chapter 10. So let's go back to the top here. This is actually a really exciting chapter in Romans because in Romans, in this chapter, we learn how we can be saved. And so that is super important. We don't want to overlook that here. Okay, so let's go to chapter one or verse one. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Okay, let's stop right there. Now, what is he talking about here? Because for them, well, we have to go back to verse nine or chapter nine, rather. So let me grab my Bible here that is sitting beside me. And let's see who he's talking about. I believe he is talking about Greeks or non-Jews, shall we say. Okay, so yes, it looks like he is, um, it, well, it could be Israel as well. Israel's unbelief, because in the end of chapter 9, Paul was talking about Israel's unbelief. So it could be that Paul is talking about Israel here, but we can all be included in this. All right, verse 1 again. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them, for Israel and for us, is for their salvation. Paul has a desire to see the entire world saved. And so that that's his mission. And he, he's done a wonderful job. Wouldn't you agree? Because we're still talking about it today. Amen. All right. Verse two, for I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. So Israel, he's talking about Israel here. Israel has a zeal for God. If you have met like a, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a Hasidic Jew or, or uh, I forget what the word is, but anyway, if, if you've met a Jewish person who is deep in the faith, they have a zeal for God, a passion for God. They just don't believe that Jesus Christ has come yet. So that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, for I testify about them, about Israel, that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. It's not, not because of knowledge, because they don't have the knowledge they, they refuse to accept that Jesus came. All right, verse three, for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the knowledge, to the righteousness of God. So for not knowing about God's righteousness, so they don't really know about God's righteousness. So they started to seek to establish their own righteousness through works, because that's a lot of what the Jewish faith is. It's a lot of works. You have to do sacrifices. You have to do all these things. You have to celebrate the feast. You have to do all this stuff. And and Paul is saying here, no, it's about righteous. It's about faith. It's not about doing things anymore. That was just a precursor to Jesus coming. This was, the, all those things were so that we could have a way to get to heaven. But now Jesus has come. He is our righteousness. We have to put our faith in his righteousness, in him. All right? Verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness is for 
righteousness to everyone who believes. Let me read that again. I messed it up. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So Christ came. He has ended the law. He doesn't nullify the law. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't abolish the law. He fulfills the law. So, and because he fulfilled it, the law is done. Do you get that? Do you get, do you understand that? Now we still have to, there's still things in place that are, are essentials of God. So like God cannot coexist with sin. There's, there's things that God is that we, we can't be with him if we are sinful. That's why we need Jesus. Okay. So there, there's those things, but the law has now ended. All right. Verse five. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. So Moses wrote way back when, and and the Jews follow what Moses wrote, okay, because that's the Pentateuch. So he wrote most of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, okay, so Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness, which is based on law, which is what the Jews have, shall live by that righteousness. So they have to live by that law and they have to keep that. If they want to be saved, they have to keep that. If they're not willing to accept Jesus, they have to keep the law. Well, the problem is the law cannot be kept. We are sinful, and the only way you can keep the law is to be sinless. The law was meant to point us to Jesus because we have to have Jesus. We can't get to heaven otherwise. We're sinful. We, we won't make it. All right? Verse 6, but the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. And this is a quote. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down, to bring Christ down to earth. Or also don't say, who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. We shouldn't say that either because Christ is alive and he already descended from heaven. He already died and he's back in heaven at the right hand of the father. So we can't, we shouldn't be doing that. Don't do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven or who and bring Christ down or who will bring Christ up from the abyss. All right. Verse eight. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. The word of faith, there's, there's a denomination, well, it's not really a denomination, but it's, it's the word of faith movement that if you speak things, things will become your reality. Like, I will not speak that it's going to rain tomorrow because if I speak that, it will become reality and then that, it's just stupid, okay? It's stupid. It's not truth. 
all right what this is saying is that's where that's where that that portion of of christians twist the scripture there if i speak something it becomes my words go out into the atmosphere and it actually manifests what i say i'm not god i can't do that okay you can't either i'm sorry if you believe that way i'm sorry it it's you've been lied to okay that's not what this is saying all right uh, let's read that again but what does it say the word is near you who is the word jesus christ jesus christ is the word in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith so you have to have faith in jesus christ which we are preaching paul and all the apostles were preaching faith in christ they were not preaching the law they were preaching faith in jesus christ and paul is urging the church at rome to understand this that we're not preaching the law anymore salvation is by faith alone all right let's keep going here verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth now this is the most important verses in the bible in my opinion most important this is where we learn how we can be saved all right it is so important to hear this verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth jesus as lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved period end of sentence case closed it's done it i love that verse and you have to it's so simple and yet so profound that in if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord if you speak it out jesus is lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Boom. Salvation right there. That's it. That's it. it. It doesn't say anything about a prayer. It doesn't say anything about clap twice, jump three times, do 500 jumping jacks, and you'll be saved. No. It says confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that mouth jesus as lord and that god raised him from the dead believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead and you will be saved period easy that's easy stuff right there verse 10 for with the heart a person believes in your heart you believe and you know if you don't all right for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. God's righteousness is imputed to us. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. You believe it in your heart, you take it in, and then you tell others. That's what it's saying here. You tell others the same thing. That's what it's saying here. That's how you know that you're saved. That's how you can be saved. That's amazing. Verse 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him 
will not be disappointed. You can take it to the bank. That's what it's saying here. That's what verse 11 is saying. You can take this to the bank if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised Christ from the dead, you will be saved. You can take it to the bank. And I got to tell you, it's maybe been two years since I realized that I probably wasn't saved. And it was a an eye-opening thing for me. Now, it could have been just that... I was very deceived and and very um, what's the word I want to call it confused, but I accepted air quotes here accepted Jesus into my heart when I was ten or eleven at Bible camp, and it was like a rote thing that the counselor had to do with each student. He had to take each student outside kind of talk to them about Jesus, say a little prayer with them, uh, get them to pray the sinner's prayer. You all know what that is. And um, so I thought I was saved then. Well, uh, years down the road, in fact, just two years ago or so, uh, my faith was really tested. I mean, really tested. And it was, I found, I found myself lacking I did, and I was not sure if I was saved. I did not know, because I could pray the sinner's prayer all day long, but if I do not believe it in my heart, then it's for naught. And so I re- just here in my own house, on my own time, in my own quietness, I did my own. I just, I just, I read this. I read those verses, verse 9 and 10, and I said, you know what? That's not my experience, but I'm going to, this is how I'm going to do from now on. And so now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved because I'm following the word of God. It says it right here in black and white. I know I don't have to doubt anymore. I know that I know that I know. All right, so you can know too. It, it, it's your choice. You have to believe in your heart. And if you can't do that right now, that's fine. That's okay. Continue to search. Continue to, 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 to follow your desire to get to know God. And that comes through things like this, through this podcast, through reading the Bible, you can know God through reading the Bible. That's the only way that we can know God. We can't know God by our feelings. We can't know God by the sunflower that's in the backyard. We can't know God by the, by the wind and the trees. No, we know God by reading his word. That is his word that he left to us that, so that we could know him. We have to read it if we want to know him. That's what we have to do. So many Christians don't understand that. It's not about your feelings. Christianity is not about your feelings. Being a believer in Jesus Christ has nothing to do with your feelings. It has everything to do with knowing who God is, 
understanding who he is and having faith in him. That's it. Your feelings don't matter. It is what is in your heart, what you believe in your heart. All right, let's keep going here. Verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, I want to make it clear here. This is not saying that that the Muslims and the Hindus and all the religions of the world believe in the same God. They do not. There is only one true God, and that is Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. That is God. All right? The Hindus have thousands of gods. The Muslims, they have Allah. It's not the same God. It's not. You have to understand this. There are not multiple paths to heaven. You just read the path. You just read the path to salvation. There's only one way. It didn't say you can have faith in Allah You can have faith in Buddha that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and that that you believed in your heart that God raised Buddha from the dead. No, it doesn't work that way. That's not it. That's not the truth. You have to understand that. There is only one way, and it's Jesus Christ. Only one way. And, and for thousands of years, people have tried to skirt around the fact that they have to believe in Jesus Christ to be saved because they don't want to. Because Jesus, the gospel is an offense to those who, who are hearing, who are lost. It's an offense to them. But once they get it, it's no longer an offense. Then it's beautiful. You see what I'm saying? Let's keep going here. Verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can you call on somebody? Like, how can you call on Jesus Christ if you haven't believed in him? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How are they going to know who to call on if they haven't heard? How are they going to know? They don't know. They have no idea. And how will they hear without a preacher? I don't know. Is does a preacher mean um, someone standing in a pulpit at a church? Is that a preacher? I don't think that that's what Paul is saying here. We are the preachers. In this instance, we should be sharing the gospel. We should be going out and sharing the gospel. The church building, the church gathering, is not the place where we should be expecting non-believers to be. We shouldn't. That's not what the church gathering is for. The church gathering is for the edification of the body of Christ. It's for the body of Christ to come together once a week and fellowship and, 
and, and worship together and be edified together to get built up so that we can go out and share the gospel. That's what the church gathering is. And so we, we can't expect the church, the church gathering, to be the place where non-believers are going to come and gather to be saved. It's not going to happen. They're not going to do it. Now, you have the seeker-sensitive church and whatever else. It doesn't last because those environments, they actually create an emotional experience rather than a mindful experience where you're actually contemplating who Jesus Christ is, who God is, and you're actually surrounding yourself with the truth of God's word rather than an emotional experience with lights and sounds and cool things. And it doesn't last. Those people fall away because they never were a part of us. They never were truly a part of the body of Christ because they didn't actually believe in their heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. They they didn't believe. And so those environments, while they're cool and they're exciting and they feel good, they're worthless a lot of times. Not all the time. I'm not saying people can't be saved through that. But it's not what what the church is supposed to be doing. It's not what the church gathering is supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be building each other up. We're not supposed to be inviting all our friends, you know, come on, come to my church. You're going to get saved. Stuff like that. No. The church gathering is for the believers. Once you have shared the gospel with that person and they come to faith in Jesus Christ, now they can come into the gathering of believers and be edified and and encouraged so that they can be built up, so that they can go out during the week and share the gospel with somebody. That is the model that Paul is describing here. That is what the church is supposed to be doing. And I'm sorry if that offends some of you that are listening or watching because there's so many churches like this. And and I get that. I understand that that's basically what church is today. But I think the church church has lost its way. We're, We're all about trying to reach the lost. We're trying to get the lost to come into the church when the church should be going out to the lost. After the gathering is done, the church needs to go out to the lost. We can't, we cannot, we cannot be reliant on the pastor to share the gospel from the pulpit and expect people to accept that, that message wholeheartedly in their heart. We, we can't. There's no relationship there. What's going to happen to that? Just like the the parable of the sower. Some some fall on rocky ground and they quickly die out. It's an emotional experience. They get they get 
fired up or whatever you want to call it in their emotions. And then it just, it, it wilts away over time because they weren't rooted. So we, we kind of need to follow this pattern that Paul is laying out here. All right, let's keep going. Let me read verse 14 again, because I got kind of got lost in the weeds there. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? We kind of just went over that. Verse 15. How will they preach unless they aren't, unless they are sent? Do you see what we kind of went over that too? The church is to be sent. How will they, how will the world hear unless we are sent? All right. Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Do you have beautiful feet? Are you sharing the gospel with your friends at work, your coworkers, outside of the four walls of the church? It's kind of convicting. <laughs> I got to say, it's really convicting. Verse 16. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So not everybody, not all the church or, or whoever has believed the good news or all Israel. They haven't believed the good news. The people that we share the gospel with, not all of them believe. It, and we, we can't change that, but we can share the good news. 17. So faith comes from hearing, from hearing and hearing by word of Christ, by the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You have to be in the word and you have to get the word into the ears of the lost. So we have to share. We have to share our faith. It's important. As the church, we have to share our faith outside the four walls of the church gathering. It is so important. You cannot continually surround yourself with just church people and expect to win anyone to Christ. They're already with Christ. You have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to get out and you have to share Christ. You have to be bold. When I first started this podcast, I was nervous. I've never done like anything like this before. And so it it was nerve it was nerve-wracking for me. We started in Philippians and that kind of got me going. Philippians is a good encouraging book. So it it wasn't hard to do, but I I had once we got into Romans, I had to talk about some things that were sketchy and it was uncomfortable, but I can also spread the good news. And that is something that I'm getting much better at as I continue to do the, these podcast episodes is I can continue to share the gospel through the airwaves 
of this podcast. Now, granted, most of this podcast is going out to believers. I get it. So in my daily life, when I encounter people, I have to share the gospel. My work doesn't end here on this podcast. It's got to extend out into the actual real world. That's where the conviction comes in here. So I feel very convicted that I haven't been doing good enough job of sharing the gospel. Let's keep going. Verse 18. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. Now, that line doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, how it's worded, but uh, what he's basically saying here is that uh, what Moses was saying is that the Jews were going to be jealous of the Gentiles because the Gentiles have genuine faith in Jesus Christ and they have righteousness and the Jews don't because they're still under the law. It's kind of confusing, but that's what he's saying. Let's keep going. Verse 20, and Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. What he's talking about there is the Gentiles, you and me. We didn't know to seek seek him, to seek God, because we didn't have any faith. The Jews had all of that. The Jews were the exclusive to, Jesus, to, to God. They were God's chosen people. And yet, it's the Gentiles who believe. Isn't that interesting? Verse 21, But as for Israel, he says, All the day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. God is still stretching out his hands to the people of Israel. He is still asking them to believe. Even through all of what Paul has said, God is still asking them to believe in him. And he's asking you and I to believe in him as well. And that ends today's podcast. This was a really good one, guys. Uh, it, it's late for me. It's about it's after nine thirty, so it's it's late for me. But this was so worth it. I'm so glad that I decided not to wimp out and decided to actually go into this and 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 do the Faith Friday episode because this was so encouraging to me. And I hope it was encouraging to you as well. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Make sure that you're in the faith. Be sure that you are true, a true believer. Examine your heart. We all need to do that from time to time. It's so important. Examine yourself. Because we want to be found in the faith. 
All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. I thank you so much for listening. Next week, we'll be jumping into Romans chapter 11. I am so excited for it, and I am looking into the next book of the Bible that we're going to be going into, and I think I have found it. Um, I'm excited to be uh, going through, right now, I'm going through 1 John, and I think that will be our next our, our next Bible series, whatever you want to call it, we're just going to keep going here. We're just going to bounce around. But I am getting a lot out of 1 John right now. Uh, I'm going through it extremely slow. And it's uh, it's arduous, but I'm, I'm feeling very convicted on a lot of things in there. And I'm really just diving deep into that. So I think that will be the next one. So guys, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next week for the next Faith Friday episode.